Johnston, Eddie Vedder. Elvis um, died Wednesday. Tuesday night was a rough night, but not all that strange. Elvis had to get up a couple times to go to the bathroom. But at 77, that's what old dogs do, right? Wednesday morning came early. I helped Elvis downstairs. I make coffee and sit at my desk to feverishly work to fill some void that I feel inside. It was one of those days, I guess, with one of those feelings that cannot be fulfilled. Maybe it was a premonition. I feed Elvis. I jump in the shower. And as I dash out the door, I notice that Elvis had not yet devoured his breakfast. Rather, he's sitting in front of it and staring Definitely, definitely strange. I go to 8.30 Mass and head to get fingerprinted for a teaching assignment, but audible to come back home to first check on Elvis. I arrive, and Elvis is in my office. And when I call him, he comes, like a good boy. But his front legs wobble as he staggers to me, remembering that Makes me sad. That was the last time that I would call Elvis, and the last time Elvis would come. Elvis died today, and I can't stop crying. Those Elvis eyes. What runt of a mutt. What runt of a mutt with a jet black coat and a clef palette to boot would come out with those steel blue eyes. It must be Elvis. Hey, I've never seen the dog and the singer in the same room at the same time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a rainy night in Dale City, Virginia. The first time I saw him snoozing on his side like a pink-bellied piglet. <laughs> they said there were three dogs. The baby heifer, who became Addie. The caramel wolverine, 
be politely passed on. And the tiny hump of a lump on the couch, oblivious to the commotion, asleep on his side. If you weren't looking for three, you'd only see two. Who's that guy? I said. Oh, he's the best of the bunch, they said. Then they added that there may be complications with the cleft in his lip that you could barely see because Elvis was so small. And then I knew he was the one. Phil and I went out to Dale City looking for one dog, and we naturally came back with two. Addie and Elvis. I grew up with a cat, and I bet Phil was a bird guy. So we had the brainy idea to throw Addie and Elvis in the bathroom on a cool tile floor with a couple of towels, some food and drink, and hope for the best. Like a cute new father, I couldn't sleep a wink. And when I decided to venture in to see the newest members of our condominium family, it was like Slither. Our dogs got worms. I freaked out, but they seemed fine. How about that for a good lesson from a dog? They seemed fine and ready to play. So they played with anything and everything that they could get their paws and jaws on their puppy plane near the ground, that is. Sock and shoe, underwear, each other, me. They played until their little hearts were content. Would crash mid-play. Then pop back up to life an hour later and did it all over again. It was like 100 miles an hour to zero Back to 100, back to zero. The night was beautiful. An unforgettable and magical night. These two little nuggets exploring their new world as I keep the night vigil reading Plutarch's Caesar. Morning didn't have to come, but she always does. So with no leash, much less two leash, Phil and I throw the pups in a pilfered grocery basket and out back we head for the nuclear family's first morning duty. A half day at school was enough. We needed to get these mutt pups to the vet for the sake of the bathroom scene that I witnessed last night. So after shots and pills and percentiles, our dogs were healthy. And then the vet noticed Elvis's hair lip. You paid money for this dog? He said. The line shook me, which is probably about as much as it might have shook the vet after he realized what he said. But then he went on to explain how clefts can be difficult and that many dogs like Elvis are put down because of complications and cost. Like Indiana. Like Indy from the last crusade I chose wisely, I thought. That was the choice for me. Elvis was my holy grail. And the only issue that his cleft ever presented was that when he drank... Elvis would sometimes go sprinkler mode and water the floor. But I guess then it was high time for a mop of the floor. So, Elvis with his hair lip was a blessing, not a burden. Thank you, Elvis. Oh, thank you very much. And maybe, to the vet's point, uh, to this day I've never seen another dog like Elvis. Everyone loved Elvis, and his special buddy at Modern Day, who would look after him, was Gene. 
Jean would take care of modern day's beautiful campus, and since Elvis liked to roam its every corner, Jean and Elvis were tight. You can tell a lot about somebody by how they treat animals. When I was a young coach, Jean would routinely hold a parking spot on game day for my mom and dad, knowing that it was hard for my dad to get around. Jean had a heart of gold, and he lived it. A good beach buddy of mine, Logan Burke, gave me the book Love Does. And after reading it, I quickly ordered five additional copies to give away. It is that good. Love isn't an idea. Love is action. And anyone, and of anyone, Gene was a doer. I'll never forget what Gene one time said to me about Elvis. Elvis somehow somehow knows that you saved his life. I guess you can kind of say that about every dog. But I think that it's especially true with Elvis. I am now with Winnie and back at the house. Winnie is my mom's two and a half year old pup. And it breaks my heart to see her confused. Like it's her first time. She sniffs the whole house up and down. Where has her best friend gone? She lingers and sniffs Elvis's spots. Hopeful that he he would jump out from around the bend for one last play. I mean, for Winnie to love up on that old man. After licking clean his eyes and ears, much to the chagrin of Mama G, Elvis became the jungle gym on which young Winnie would play. I weep for Winnie's silent confusion and the best friend... I can no longer provide her. But maybe she was fortunate enough to have him as long as she did. After all, Winifred, the name means blessed peacemaker, and Elvis means, the name means all wise. And there could never have been a better best friend and wise companion than Elvis to Winnie, and perhaps to show Young Winnie, the way to peace. And of course, the way to the dog bowl. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. He who does not mind his belly will hardly mind anything else. There you go. Kind of like the first time I met him on that rainy night. Elvis lays in front of the fireplace now, <clears throat> exactly where he loved to lay on his side by the hearth, fire or no fire, kind of happy just to be around and hopeful there to keep his tiny tummy warm. But this time, Elvis is in a modified cardboard coffin because, of course, <laughs> he wouldn't fit in any ordinary standard box. Which sounds about right, yeah. The same place by that fire where he last laid before our final walk. For what would I, I had no idea at the time would be our final Wrangler ride. When something happened on the way to the hospital. And I could almost tell that I had lost him then and there. But what better place than cruising in the Jeep? The closest thing you can get to heaven, I'd say, on earth 
for dogs is the beach. That's something that we, again, another thing that we could maybe learn from dogs. And that's where we buried Elvis. So it was one more Wrangler ride, the last, last ride, right, at peace, and making for the beach with Elvis in the back in his box and kind of like a kid becoming old enough to sit up front when he's riding shotgun. The torch had been passed. Everybody knew Elvis at the beach. He was like the mayor and the resident garbage disposal. At the same time, we one time found him happy as a clam in the bottom of a of the community trash can, not really looking to leave. Um, here was his heaven. And here it is here that he lies buried in our front yard to forever look over the ocean. No doubt on his side to be warmed by the rising Atlantic sun forever. It's different now here at the house. I walk in and expect to see Elvis trot out with a wagging tail to greet me. I cook eggs sloppily, of course, and with the certain inevitability that Elvis would soon be right on in to mop up the mess. And I wake up lonely, I guess. Yeah, to a quiet bedroom. That's the way the world, that's the way the wheel turns. It's the way the wheel turns. Elvis had a good life, a really good life. And we were all better for knowing <clears throat> that compact cinder block, heavenly mutt of a runt, piglet of a dog. And when the king says, it's his time, it's time, it's his time to go. Elvis has left the building. So, now I rest, albeit lonely, but I rest easy. At the beach... We have a beautiful neighbor who's Leslie Smith. And Leslie is one of the most passionate dog lovers that I've ever known. So before we close this beautiful chapter to begin another, I leave you with the final verse from Paul Prince in Heaven, the book she dropped by my door when she heard that Elvis had died. Remember all the things I taught you about love and loyalty. Live each day with joy and simplicity. And one more thing, always follow your instincts. Beyond the clouds you will find me. Just look up and know that I am here with unconditional love from heaven. Your best friend Elvis. With love. Your number one fan. Dad. It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. The west winds often last too long. When they calm down, nothing ever feels the same. Sheltered under the Pomani tree Waiting for the passing rain Clouds keep moving to uncover the sea Stars above us chasing the day away To find the stories that we sometimes need 
listen close enough for all else fades, fades away. And it was just another night with the sunset and the moonrise, not so far behind. Give us just enough light to lay down Underneath the stars Listen to Papa's translations Of the stories across the sky Drew our own constellations Elvis says, draw your own constellation. Elvis out.